We will turn in 1 Samuel chapter 12. Uh, but even before we, we go through our passage, I would like to encourage us. Um, it is a new year. It is 2020. We have no idea what 20, sorry, 2022. We have no idea what 2022 has in store for us. We feel like probably we kids standing on the corner, looking around, scared what is to come. But I want to encourage us that though we don't know what 2022 holds, we know exactly who holds 2022 in the palm of his hand. So I want to encourage you that our God remains sovereign. He remains seated on the throne and may he be the one that we trust going into 2022. Now this morning we'll, we will find our challenge from Samuel's last address. Samuel will address the nation Israel after they had demanded a king from him. And this was his last address as the prophet was about to leave office. Now First Samuel chapter 12 and we'll start from verse 19. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to our sins this evil, to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid, you have done this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Verse 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Let's pray together. God, as, as I come before you, Lord, this morning, Lord, the words still echo in my head that, God, you are the God who saves. So, God, as I speak here this morning, I speak only as your mouthpiece. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me. I pray, Father, that I wouldn't be a distraction, Lord, to that which you have prepared for your people this morning. But, Lord, I pray that as they receive your word, that, God, you would soften their hearts. Soften their hearts, Lord, to be soil that is fertile, ready to receive the seed of your word. That, God, it would germinate into fruit of righteousness. So, God, I pray that you give me a clear mind. I pray that you give me clarity of speech. And, Lord, give me a boldness, Lord, to stand on the truths of your word. God, I pray that you prevent my tongue to say anything that is not of you. Help me, God, to speak in line as your spirit leads me according to your word. So, God, won't you bless our time of worship through your word this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the, so the, the challenge this morning is words from Samuel for the new year. Now, what I'd like us to consider in the beginning is the context. Consider the context. So what we have here is the prophet has fulfilled what has ended to be a difficult stint in service. The people have come to the prophet demanding a king for themselves so that they may be like all the other nations. The prophet 
who was God's mouthpiece, feels that the people have rejected him. As the people have come to the prophet demanding a king, he feels as though they have rejected his leadership as the mouthpiece of God. Now God comes to the prophet to encourage him. And this is what God says to Samuel. He says, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. That I, God, should not reign over them. So when, when, the, when Samuel hears this word, these words from God encouraging him, he responds and he pleads with the people. This is what Samuel says to the nation Israel. He said, these, be, these will be the ways that the king who will reign over you. Now, count how many times the word take comes. It's also on the screen there. Firstly, he will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be performed perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks, and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. I should give a chocolate. How many times did the word take come up? But Samuel, what Samuel is saying to the people here is, Israel, you don't know what you are asking for. For when a king comes, he will take, take, take. If you have the count, it was six times. Six times in that passage does Samuel describe how this king will come and he will take from the people, unlike our king who gives. So Samuel, so the people respond to Samuel's words and the people say, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no. But there shall be a king over us, that we shall also be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. The people are basically saying to Samuel, Samuel, we don't care. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that these people are actually saying it would be far better for us to suffer under a king than to have God to rule over us? Scary days these were. What the nation did not realize was that their folly was that they thought that better politics or better government could meet their needs. But if they had been faithful to the king of heaven in the beginning, they would not need an earthly king to begin with. They wanted to be like everyone else. They cried to Samuel, give us the king so that we may be like the other nations, forgetting that God had said that they were to be a kingdom of priests. They were to be a holy nation, a beacon of light to the fallen world. In short, God had intended in his will that Israel be different. 
Now this bit of history is important. It's important because we too have sinned against God. Specifically in our context, because we're going into a new year, I want to summarize it and say, in 2021, church, we have sinned against God. You have sinned against God as I have sinned against God. I don't know you, but I don't have to know you to know that last year you sought after another king. Every time you sinned, you chose another king over God. You might have not said the very words like the nation Israel who said, give us another king, but you showed this desire in your heart when you didn't trust God's leadership over your life. When you believed that solely a better government, solely better politics, solely better healthcare systems and a better economy and a better economic structures could meet your needs, these things will be your security. These things will be your ultimate joy. When we were distracted in finding these things as our ultimate pleasures, we sought after another king. Church, although these are good things, They cannot meet our needs. They cannot be our source of joy. They cannot be our source of security. We need a better government. We need better politics, better healthcare systems, economy, educational structures, because we have sinned against God, and these structures are sinful because sin exists in the world. But I want you to know that these things are not God. Only God can meet our needs according to His mercy. Only He can fill us with lasting joy and security. God is faithful to meet us at our point of need in His time and in His ways. And church, His ways are not like ours. So this morning I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you this morning. Don't resolve to spend all your energy in 2022 praying for a better something. But pray for a greater trust in God. This year, pray for that you will have a greater trust in God and in His will, which is good for you. Thomas Watson said, Satan loves to fish in the troubled waters of a discontent heart. So to trust God, if we trust in God, we will change the way that we pray for our government. It will change the way we pray for our societies and all who are in it. We will pray more for a move of God, a move of the Spirit in our government that allows for free gospel work. We will pray for a move of the Spirit in our communities where souls will be saved. We'll pray for a move of the Spirit in the church where we will go out and preach the gospel and also meet the needs of those who are hungry. We will pray for those who are needy that God will provide them with enough for the day. We will pray that God will teach us to use our finances not to build our own empires on this earth where they will rot and get destroyed, but that we would use our finances to better build the kingdom of Christ which its rewards are eternal. This is what God expects of us as a church. So Israel would acknowledge their sin before God. And they would come before the prophet in our passage in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 12. And this is what they say in verse 12. Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die for we have added to all our sins 
So we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for a king, to ask for ourselves a king. A.W. Pink explained, It is not the absence of sin, but the grieving over it which distinguishes the child of God from empty professors of the faith. So this year, church, make it your aim to keep short accounts of your sin. Do not deceive yourself into thinking that, hey, I do not sin or that you are better than the next guy because that's not the standard. The standard is God. We have fallen short against God's holy standard. So I'm pleading with you this morning. Respond like the text collector. The text collector fell on his knees before God. He was beating his chest. He had his eyes fixed to heaven as he cried these words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Not only that, but this year, my second point, be careful that you are not distracted. Verse 20 and 21 says, And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid you have done all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. Church, don't allow your sin to force you to drift away from God, to move further away from God. Samuel, when he speaks to the nation Israel, he affirms the truth and he says to them, Israel, yes, you sinned against God. They did not make a mistake in pursuing a king. They sinned. They sinned against God. This year, may that be the first step that we take in our hearts. We need to recognize our sin as sin. We need to see that sin is a great wickedness against God. And we need to be careful that this sin does not lead us to turn aside from following God. So often, when people are caught up in sin, and this may be you this morning, They believe that they have sinned too much for the grace of God. They have sinned too much for God to forgive them. So what do they do? They go on sinning. What's the point? I've sinned greatly. Surely God cannot and will not forgive me. Church, I want you to know this morning, that is exactly where the deceiver wants you to be. He wants you to be vulnerable with your back towards God. Not only does he want you in that position, But in this position of of sin and drowning in your own guilt, you also start to move away from community. You start drifting away from from the local church, buying into the devil's lies that you will never fit in here again. That's a lie. You buy into his lies that people will never believe that you have repented of your sins, that you are indeed a new man. You also start to believe the notion that everyone is now watching your every move. You start to look at people having a conversation and you say, they know. They're talking about me. Church, the deceiver is crafty. He doesn't want you to be in this room. And then, and then, the final nail in the coffin is you then believe that I must first clean up my act before I go back to God or before I go back to church. That's a work-based salvation that has never saved anybody. 
No Christian, I want you to know, Christians, where there is sin, His grace abounds. He has promised to forgive you. Repent today, O believer, and turn to Jesus. The local church is a hospital. Everyone in this room, we are gathered here in a hospital full of sinners. And as we are gathered here, we are trusting in the cure of the gospel. No one in this room, this might shock you, but no one in this room is perfect. Not even me. None of the elders. No one in this room is perfect. No one in this room holds the keys to your eternal destiny. Only Christ has them. But... God still uses people in this room in your life. God uses people in this room to lead you to where they are also going. We are all headed towards the cross. We are kneeling before the cross, pleading for mercy before God pleading for His grace to preserve us till the end. So if you are the one who was turning people away because you thought you were better than them, I want to remind you that you are as sinful. You are as needy of the grace of God. So church, you welcome here. Come, do not go away from the body when you're caught up in sin. You need the body of Christ. But I also believe, as was Samuel's intention in this passage, Do not dwell on past sins. This morning I'm inviting you, come to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Do not be afraid. Turn to Him and serve Him. This year, 2022, O believer, serve God. Give Him all of your attention. Commit your life to His cause. Be spent for the kingdom of God and not your own empire. Because, this is what Samuel says, do not turn aside after empty things. Why? They cannot profit or deliver. Why? For they are empty. What will they do? They will consume your time. They will fill you with false hope. They will fill you with false joy, leaving you empty. Because they are broken systems. David Platt said in a sermon, To be a disciple of Jesus is to let Jesus' global cause dictate everything that you do, everything that you desire, and everything that you think. So in 2022, church, may your ambitions be His ambitions. May your goals be aligned with His will. May your drive this year be the love of God. May your resolutions be His righteousness. May your anxiety be replaced with prayer. That you may seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, your earthly needs will be added unto you. So trust in God. Trust in God this year. But thirdly, Trust in God because in Him there is great assurance from a great God. Verse 22 says, For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for Himself. 
Notice, God's favor towards the nation Israel was not prompted by the good that they did. It was not prompted by the good that they promised to do. Instead, He showed them favor because it was for His name's sake. It pleased the Lord to set them apart, to consecrate the nation for Himself. Man, when I was typing these words, my heart was jumping with joy because... It is not my good works yesterday. It is not my good works today or tomorrow that have awarded me the grace of God as a wretched sinner. It is only God and God alone. It is because it pleased God to set Jabu apart as a person for his own possession. It pleased God Sorry, it pleased God that Jabu belongs to him. And that's exactly why it grieves God when Jabu sins. Because in my sin, I am showing allegiance to the enemy and no longer to God who saved me and bought me with a price. So church, it pleased God that you are a people for his own possession. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen race. It pleased God that He has an inheritance preserved for you in heaven. Don't you remember, as we celebrate this morning, that it pleased God to bruise His Son, to lay on Him the iniquities of us all. So this morning, I want to remind us that our salvation rests in God. It is for His glory. It is because of His grace and His gift of faith to us that we can rest in the great assurance that nothing can separate us from God. Not our tribulations, not distress, not persecution or famine, no nakedness or danger or sword, no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am sure that not even death or life or angels or rulers or things present or things to come or powers or height or depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus that is the great assurance we have in a great God church So as we go into 2022, in fact, we're in there, we can go in with great assurance. Great assurance knowing that nothing and no one can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. Nothing and no one can snatch me out of the hand of the Father because in Jesus I have a great shepherd so I can rest assured because I am a sheep in his fold. In 2022, God will provide and sustain me even when he doesn't look like it. In 2022, he will protect and guide me. He will lead me to his rest by giving me joy and peace. Church, you can rest assured that you will always have enough grace for the day and its troubles. So, do not be afraid. Do not even be dismayed. Rather, in 2022 and the years to come, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So to close, what does God expect of us this year? Instructions for the right way to live in 2022 and the years to come. 
Verse 23 says, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. For if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. So firstly, be in a position to be prayed for and to be taught, as we see in verse 23. I want to speak to our pastors and our, and our elders this morning. I want to speak to our ministry team leaders this morning. Count it a sin if you fail to pray for the people that you lead this year. The prophet considered a sin against God if he had stopped praying for the nation Israel because he recognized that this is the basic, bare minimum. It is the basic task of every leader. So leaders, if it is a sin to stop, to cease praying for the people that God has placed under our care, how much more to not even start? As leaders, when we pray, we acknowledge our need for God. We acknowledge that God must be the one who ministers to the flock. We acknowledge that our words are meaningless if the Spirit does not work through them. We affirm through our prayers that the church is fighting an adversary that is a spiritual being. We acknowledge that, the, that to fight this being, to protect our flock from the spiritual attack, we need a spiritual weapon which is prayer. Not only prayer, but Samuel also dictates himself to instructing God's people to the good and right way. We know that he used the law of God. In instructing the people, he instructed them according to the scriptures. So leaders, as you gather here this morning, I want you to know you will fail if you study more of the world's trends and its philosophies and you fail to study his word and grow in your doctrine and in your theology. For church, it is only the word of God that can cut through our spirits, that can cut our souls, that can cut through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and the thoughts of our hearts. But this is not just for leaders. It is also for the church. You have been called by God to teach people His Word and make disciples of the nations. So right now I want to speak to our members. If you are a member today of Central Baptist Church, I want to speak to you and as well in application to believers in this room. But I want to take time and speak to our members. Members, when last did you share the gospel? When last did you teach someone to read and understand and apply the word of God? When last did you teach someone to pray or to serve or to stand as a light in this crooked generation? That is basic discipleship. It is not just for leaders, but it's for the whole church. The whole church has been called to make disciples of the nations. So on a challenge, Central Baptist Church, this year, go out and make disciples. Find someone in this room, in your workspaces, wherever, and make a disciple of the nations. But finally, church, leaders need to know exactly what to be praying for you. Notice I didn't say how, but I said what. 
We need to know what to pray for you. So we move away from praying generally. But for us to do that, church, we need to move away from the general and the shallow prayer requests and actually share our hearts, troubles with those whom God has placed as leaders over us so that they may adequately pray for us. I want you to know that your online pastor, your podcast host, your blog, your, your favorite blogger, or even your social media favorite, they cannot see, they don't know you, and they cannot intentionally pray for your spiritual state like your local pastor and your local church members. So church, be faithful to the local gathering. But don't just be faithful as a pew warmer. Let people into your life. Let your leaders into your life. Let believers into your life that this is what God intends for his body. But also, you need to be present when leaders are teaching. As pastors hold fast the apostles' doctrine and study the word of God that they are trying to rightly divide, they share it when the church meets because this is vital for your growth. But you need to be present. Not only do you need to be present, but you also need to listen well. When God's word is being expounded, you need to be listening with a heart that wants to apply what is being expounded. So as much as we are expository preachers, you need to be an expository listener. If you fall asleep during the service, you stand and go to the back if you struggle. If you struggle to, 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 to pay attention, you take down notes. Be intentional about ways to listen better this year, not just to me, not just to Mark, not just to Pastor Charles, but to whoever comes and stands as a herald of God's word. Not just that, but when the church gathers, you need to sing in reverence to God as you consider the words that you are singing. You need to give generously as unto the Lord. You need to partake in communion as we gather. You need to fellowship with members of your local church, not just on a Sunday, but in the week, church, so that you may be edified. But I also want to make a plea. These aren't easy words for me to type, but in the beginning of the year, we need to get things right. But, but, but this, I want you to hear my heart as I, as, I, as I wrote this. Church, we need to break out of the habit of making excuses to watch the service on the stream, which is more convenient and also comfortable. We need to come back to the faithful gathering of the saints to situate yourself in a position where people can pour into your life not just on a Sunday but also in a weekly Bible study where believers can minister to you with a spiritual gift and love you with the love of Christ we cannot do this when you're sitting at home on the screen we need to come back to the church share this with other believers we need to gather again as a local body. Secondly, I'm almost done. I know it's warm. Fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. We know the proverbial writer says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You will serve God in excellence only if, you, if it comes from a heart that fears Him, that reveres Him. 
Job 28, 28 says, Behold the fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to turn away from evil that is understanding. Fearing God means having such a reverence for, for Him that it has a great impact in the way that we live our lives. The fear of God is respecting Him. It's obeying Him. It's submitting to His discipline and worshiping Him in awe. The psalmist would say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. Thirdly, consider what great things God has done for you. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done. Church, the nation Israel experienced hard and harsh years. We can count from, from, jo from Joseph's day when they experienced famine, to slavery in Egypt, to wandering in the desert where they saw, where, where many of their family members died, to suffering under the period of the judges. But yet, in all of this, we see the providence of God at work. We see the faithful hand of God over the nation Israel. Though they were unfaithful, he remained faithful. Whilst they were sinners, God had saved them because of His covenant. So church, as we go into a new year, it's important to look back. Count your days. See God's hand and look forward in gratitude and faith that God is still sovereign over your life. Like the 12 memorial stones that Joseph was instructed sorry, that Joshua was instructed to put up after the Jordan. We too are to share with our kids and all who ask us the question, hey man, how are you preserving in this difficult season? How are you preserving with joy in the midst of all the hardship that surrounds us? We are to tell them of the goodness of Jesus and His grace. So don't be discouraged. When you look at 2021, don't be discouraged by the hardships or the heartache or even the sorrow that you have gone through. But consider the effective presence of God in your life. Consider how He has turned that hard season for His glory and for your good. Consider how He stood by you even in those moments when you were doubtful. Consider how He enabled you to endure and persevere even in the moments when you were faithless. He remained faithful. Today, thank God for being God and for being so good. And finally, to close, be warned, he will destroy all who remain in sin. First John chapter 3 says, Everyone who makes practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. No one who abides in God keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen God or knows God. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So if you have been living in habitual sin, be warned. 
O believer, for you cannot serve two masters. All those who love God live in righteousness. They grieve, they sin, they repent. But all who live in constant unrepentant sin must, must ask themselves the question. In fact, we can ask the question of them. Are they really a child of God? Is the Spirit of God dwelling in them, convicting them of sin and convicting them of righteousness? Or are they still a child of the devil? living to gratify the deeds of their flesh. If the latter is true of you, turn to the gospel. Believers, you also still today need to hear the gospel that you may be preserved, for the gospel is the power unto salvation. But I also want to speak to you this morning. If you are here and you don't know God, if you have rejected God, the Bible clearly states that you are currently living in your sin. Because you are dead in it. You cannot save yourself from sin. You cannot please God with anything that you do because of your sinful disposition. And because of your sin, you will suffer under the wrath of God for all eternity. So be warned. If you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, if you do not repent of your sins today, as the passage says, you will be swept away. You will be destroyed. You will suffer for all eternity under the wrath of God. So this morning, won't you turn to Jesus? Won't you turn to Jesus for the salvation of your soul? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your prophet Samuel and his ministry to the nation Israel. Thank you, God, that we can consider his words today. In a new year, God, we can consider his challenge to the nation Israel and consider it as a challenge to us today. God, I do pray that you'd help us to not get distracted. Lord, building our lives on broken systems which can hold no water, which will leave us empty and void. But God, help us to turn to God. Help us to turn to Jesus Christ and trust in Him with all our lives. Help us to be consumed by Your cause. Help us, Lord, to be saturated by Your love and Your grace. God, may our desires, Lord, be chiseled to be the desire of the will of God in our lives. But God, I pray this morning for those who are in this room. I pray, Father, that Your Spirit is at work in their lives. I pray, Father, that as we start this year, that God would start the year right. God, they've probably heard many sermons like these, like this one, probably many sermons even better. But God, I pray that God, your spirit this morning would convict them of their sin. Oh Lord, convict them of even misplaced trust. Help them, God, today to turn to you. So with your head bowed, I'd like to challenge you this morning. With your head bowed, won't you ask God like the psalmist? Won't you say to God, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love and according to your abundant mercy. God, won't you blot out my transgressions? 
Ask God this morning to wash you thoroughly from your iniquity. Ask Him to cleanse you from your sin. Before we partake in communion, I want to give you an opportunity to examine your heart. Ask the Lord to purge you with hyssop that you may be clean. Ask Him to wash you that you may be whiter than snow. Ask Him to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. Ask Him to cast you not away from His presence. But ask Him to restore to you the joy of your salvation. So for a moment, I'll give you a moment to just speak to God. Examine your heart. Confess what needs to be confessed. And ask that God would lead you. Let's pray together.